passion, drive, and patience. The formula of winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything for you to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has it covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP it needs to be and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to Off the Rails with Blummel, myself, and Blitz. Be here for the next, I don't know, I'm very tired, so I'm probably not going to last that long, because we got to be back here tonight for Bubba 199. Are you going to try to take a nap? I'm going to try, I like, even just a lie down, even if yes. I don't fully fall asleep, helps me. I agree. So sometimes it helps more than a nap because sometimes it's kind of that gamble where it's like, am I going to feel better on the other side of this or worse? Mm. I don't know. So uh, we'll find out. I definitely need to lie down, <clears throat> do some chores, go to the gym and then return here for food, fun festivities, music. So everyone can tell me how much my music sucks. Um, feel like I've been in the doghouse lately, but um. I, I like the fact when, when Babyface calls in and, and calls me out on stuff, it, mostly because, first off, I was a little bit sleepy, so that really did wake me up when people are calling <laughs> you out. T- to be honest, that was like my the, the best thing that could have happened, because I'm like, man, I'm really dragging ass. And then, you know, when someone calls in calling you, you know, a fool, and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about or whatever, you, you pep up a little bit. You get yeah. the adrenaline going. Um, so, yeah, the adrenals were pumping out adrenaline. I'm listening. I'm focused in. I'm dialed in. Um, so that was really helpful. So I'd like to thank you, Babyface, for kind of, you know, jolting me awake without any, you know, external caffeine or anything like that. <clears throat> so, um, I, again, I know Roe v. Wade is in the news a lot and people are upset and I just don't care. Like, I, I can't even get myself to care. It feels like sports. Roe v. Wade feels like sports to me where it's like I I could never really care still don't really care as long as I can continue just doing my and people are like well if you need an abortion that's gonna be okay all right well you know it, yeah it sucks but I just don't I just I just don't care I can't get myself to care I don't know what's wrong with me but that's okay <clears throat> we can we can move on from that um does that sound weird to you oh okay no my headphones are getting fucked up like going <clears throat> no, it was like it went completely dead for a second. Oh, that's always good. What I found interesting yesterday, um, I kind of like this news because I get to put on my white lab coat and start um, psychologically analyzing people from a distance. But are you familiar with who 
Errol Musk is. Hold on. Yes. I knew, I knew where you were going. Yes, of course you knew where I was going with this. You know, we, we haven't talked about this one iota. Nope. We didn't discuss any sort of prep. The only prep I was given for the show is um, what not to talk about. So I'm honoring that, um, even though I don't want to, but I am. Um, so back to Errol. I keep wanting to say Errol Barnett. He's the uh, attractive black man on CBS News. It's not him. Errol Musk is the father of the most uh, wealth, the, sorry, the wealthiest man on the planet, Elon Musk. And when I saw this story, you know, um, I was like, wait, what? And so there's very few articles I read from, you know, beginning to end. Most of the time I skim, I read the first couple of paragraphs, I go, I got it. Sometimes it's like, all right, I read the headline. There's really not much else to it but the headline. But with this, I was like, I need the background to what's going on here, what's 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 going down. If you haven't heard, Errol Musk, father of Elon Musk, um, apparently was uh, married to a woman and then divorced and then married to a second woman. <clears throat> and then I guess they split up. And then he uh, had sex with his stepdaughter, who he impregnated with two, now two children. Mm. I didn't even know about the first one, but apparently now there are two children. He is 76. His former stepdaughter... Uh, what's her name? Jana, something like Jan, maybe. <clears throat> she is 35 right now. So they've been banging for a minute, probably since she was about 29 and he was 70, which is quite the age gap. Um, And, and just for some reference, he had, I think he came into Jan's, let me get her name right. Is it Jan? Jana. Jana. <clears throat> yeah, Jana Bezul. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Jana Bez, we'll just call her. <laughs> Bezuldenhout. <clears throat> I don't know what kind of fucking German Dutch bullshit that is, but South it's. South African. No, I mean her last name. Oh, okay. I um, thought she was South African as well. She is South African, but that looks like a German or a Dutch last yeah, name. Yeah, so yeah, sorry. So she. He came into her life when she was just four years old. Because I'm thinking maybe, you know, she was a teenager or right. an adult when he married her mother. Nope, she was four. She was four years old and he was mm. married to her mother, whose name was not Heidi, but I'm I'm kind of like half remembering all the names uh, of this. I just saw it in the story, too. <clears throat> he was married to May Musk. Yes. And then that was his first wife. His second wife was, was Heidi. Heidi. Yeah, H-E-I-D-E. Yeah, I was right. And Jana was this woman's daughter that she had from a previous uh, either uh, engagement uh, or marriage or something like that. Um, Errol and Heidi had two biological children together, but he also helped raise Jana, who was just four years old, when he became her stepfather. Errol and Heidi eventually divorced after an 18-year marriage, but the Musk family was subsequently stunned when Jana became pregnant with Errol's baby back in 2017. Um, led to a falling out, blah, blah, blah. So A bitter falling out between Errol and Elon. Yeah. That's kind of important. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's important. He's he said that he doesn't like his dad and that his dad is a terrible human being. Um, does this make someone a bad person? I don't I wanna say no. I don't think that having sex with your former stepdaughter um makes you a bad person. It makes you a fucking weirdo. 
makes you weirdo. Mm. It's weird because there's a lot of psychological sort of things in play. For example, like incest avoidance, right? They did studies with uh, kids in, that were raised in Israeli communes known as kibbutzim. That's mm-hmm. plural, kibbutz. Yeah. That's singular. Um, and they found that a lot of these kids that were raised from basically birth together didn't really get married. And they thought that that was bizarre because, like, that seems to be your pool. Same age, same culture. Why wouldn't these kids be getting married? Well, there's these certain... Um, psychological mechanisms in play that, you know, someone that you're raised with, especially at a very young age, kind of imprints on you that this person is related to you, right? And that's why typically, not always, but typically humans have not mated with their immediate family members. And in many cultures around the world, that's often considered taboo. And the thinking is it's, you know, we have this kind of disgust when we think about fucking our brothers or sisters because that leads to offspring that aren't really the most viable because they're all uh, they're going to look like the Whitakers. You know, you've got a lot of recessive traits, kind of have to date a little bit outside of the family gene pool. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting about this is that, you know, especially as a very young person, you you would think that she would be disgusted at the thought of having sex with her father. Well, Clearly she wasn't. Here's my question, though, <clears throat> because the article that I read said that, like, the that Errol met and married this chick, um, the, the mom. Heidi? The mom, yeah, Heidi. And that, that Heidi already had the two kids, three kids, mm-hmm. whatever it was, and one of them was a daughter, and that, he, he, that Errol kind of helped raise the, like, what does that mean? Does that mean that, like, he actually, like, the kid was always around? Or, like, yeah. he met the kid when he married the mom, and then, like, again mm-hmm. once when the kid was 12, and then right. again once when the kid was 18. That, like, that makes a difference, yeah. for sure, if it's intermittent. Because, you know, it's it's pretty common for very rich men, which Arrow was, uh, to not really have any ra- interactions with someone like, you know, like, yeah. the other person's kid. Yeah, I mean, that, that could very well be the case, but, you know, I'm thinking because I'm, again, these are all assumptions, he probably lived with his wife, and uh, typically women have, you know, either half partial custody or, you know, most of the custody yeah, I mean, when it comes to children. Yeah, he could have very well, like, lived with the kid every single day. Yeah, it I, could I have know. been. I think that that is an important distinction if you see someone every day and it kind of imprints on you that this is my kid, even though you know in your head that this is not my biological child, you still have sort of a uh, you know a, a father daughter mm-hmm. or, or child parent affection for this uh, youngster that would kind of continue through adolescence and adulthood where you're like this person is just off limits even though biologically they're not off limits because they're not my actual progeny but still nevertheless I look at you like a a, a, a daughter or a sibling or whatever the case may be I think it's more interesting <clears throat> I think if anybody is you know, demented in here. I feel like it's mostly her. Well, did you see what, like, his, his, they asked Errol if he, like, seen the kids, and he was like, 
Yeah, they came to visit me <laughs> once a few me. months ago, and they annoyed me, so <laughs> I sent them all back home. Yeah, he's 76, like, of course. But I'm wondering if it's the same, like, again. It could be. That he treated her the same way, like, uh, you're just an annoying kid, get out, like, t- yeah. tell the kid to get out of here. And that could very well be. Which doesn't make it right. But... No, no, it's just, it's just odd. It's like, there's really no, like, I don't really have a moral objection to this. I'm just more like, well, that's curious. Like, that's what I think. Yeah. And especially more so less with him because, I mean, you know, she's a lot younger. She's a female. Like, I get why he is attracted to her. Maybe he wasn't really around. Maybe he was, seems like he was a pretty um, successful engineer. So maybe he was busy a lot. I don't think Elon Musk is the greatest father to 10 children. I don't think he can be when you're rolling around with 10 kids by three baby mamas and you're trying to get 10 different projects under your belt. Like, I don't think Elon Musk is a happy they man. Asked, they asked him if if you've taken a DNA test to find out if the kid's actually yours. Uh-huh. And he said, I haven't checked her DNA, but she looks like my other daughters. So it's pretty obvious, you know. And then and then they said, well, um, oh, what was it? About other children he'd fathered. And he said, his quote was, I have about six people right now, women, who claim their children is mine. Obviously... They are just opportunists. He's like, but there was, there could be some truth between that. There was a period in Johannesburg when I was going out with a bunch of different women every night. <laughs> yeah, he was a <laughs> fucking like hoe. Not. He was a fucking hoe bag. Whatever. Fine. Um, maybe they were coming after him because uh, the Musk family name is pretty popular and associated with having a lot of money. Yeah. And <clears> as it always has. Like he, you know, e- Elon was a, a rich kid. Yeah, I think he came from a pretty wealthy family. His dad was an engineer. His mom was like, a, I think she was a model. Like, you know, it's not like he came from uh, uh, the hood or, or, or some, you know, uh, impoverished family. Certainly didn't. Yeah, but he <clears throat> tweeted that he was doing, asking why he had so many kids. He said, I'm doing my best to help the underpopulation crisis. Yeah, I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a rib. <laughs> And it was also kind of scandalous because I think a few weeks ago it came out that he fathered like twins yeah. from an executive, uh, I don't know, some executive he worked with at Neuralink, one of his many companies. And that those two kids were born a few weeks before his second child with, with Grimes. Grimes. Yeah. And I guess this was back in like 2019 or 20, but it just came out what like the, a couple uh, weeks ago. What was ago. the kids' names? Grimes' the kids? What was? Can you, oh, can you... uh, it was one. The first one was a formula. And then the second one was, I don't fucking know or remember. X, X dot the A-E symbol yeah. and then A dash X-I-I. I mean, these kids are hopeless. I, I really feel bad for Elon Musk kids. I mean, you got three baby mamas. You got a dad that's, there's no way you can be a good father. Like, there's just no way, given all the shit he's going through now with trying to manage, like, think about what he's trying to do right now. Trying to manage uh, Tesla, Friggin' SpaceX. Uh, SpaceX. I don't know if he's still involved with PayPal. Neuralink. Um, Twitter fucking scandal. The, the boring company. <clears throat> yes. All of that in in addition to having three baby mamas and ten kids. And now getting sued by Twitter. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't even, I don't, I mean, Trump. thank God he is, has Asperger's. Like, maybe that somehow protects him from being as, it um, has to. As uh, as stressed and uh, neurotic as the rest of us would be if we were going through even like a tenth of what he was going through. So good luck to him. <clears throat> I thought it was just an odd sort of a thing. Um, this whole stepdaddy. Do- th- I'm like, this is very Pornhub. Like when I was reading it, I'm like, yeah. this is the step. I fucked my stepdaughter. I fucked my stepfather sort of a thing that seems to be 
pretty popular in the oh, in yeah. the pornosphere. And, you know, it's like, le- OK, let's peel this back a little bit. Like why it's and I think that it's alluring for a couple reasons. Number one, it's all legitimate in the sense that you're not actually fucking your daughter and you're not actually fucking your dad or mom or whatever. OK. So you kind of like, okay, well, they're not related. So you get that pass. But it's also, it's just the right amount of taboo. I, I wonder, like, what's <clears> more, it's more popular? The the uh, boy banging the stepmom or the the stepdad banging the stepdaughter? Um, I'm, I, I, uh, I would probably argue that, I mean, I'm going to assume that most of... Most of the people watching porn are male. Not all, certainly. No, but so I, what do men find more alluring? Like, like an older woman, or you fucking a, a your? I, wonder, I would assume the the da- dad daughter thing. So here's, uh, <clears throat> but I don't know. Probably agree. Here's my thought: is I'm willing to bet the younger men that are looking at porn might have like the milf stepmom fantasy thing yeah and the older men would have the stepdaughter younger girl thing yeah that that could very well uh be the case there but that is a very popular category of pornography that seems to be getting more My and more popular is the, uh, stepmom stuck ones stuck yeah there was a community that made a joke about it like a couple months ago so i'm like i need to look this up there's a the whole genre of like there's like a milf walking around the house with like you know like a French maid outfit, and uh-huh. she's like, "Oh, the drain's clogged," so she sticks her hand down the drain and gets stuck. And the guy's like, "Here, mommy, I'll help you fix it." And then he like bangs her as she's stuck in the drain. Hmm. <laughs> I haven't come across this before. I, I didn't know that there was like that oh, sort of. Yeah. Uh, that's the pickle where you know this this poor woman who's in in a French maid thong outfit needs help from her you yeah. know sixteen year old stepson. Yeah, she gets like stuck in like various like she's like has like a holding like a wrench onto something. She's like, I can't move. He's like, I'll help you out, and like he like bangs her from behind. She's yeah. like, What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I know. I was uh, I was unaware of that, but uh, this perfectly plays into it. I think if anybody's got more issues, it's her, um, the Jana woman, because. Let's think about it. Yeah, it's kind of weird that he, you know, banged a stepdaughter. But, you know, she's a, a lot younger. She was, like, in her 20s when they first started having sex. Of course he's going to find her hot. Of course. I mean, yeah. the, the relationship is equal in the sense that it's both, like, a stepdaughter, stepfather. It's kind of fucking weird. Mm-hmm. So let's let's set that aside because we can kind of use that as a control because they had the same sort of relationship with each other. But then step aside, it's like, okay, well, of course he's interested in her, it, because she's young and she's hot. Yeah. But, like, why is she fucking wanting to bang a 70-year-old, let yeah. alone her stepfather? I mean, like, I, so it's weird. The, the odd part of it on his side, though, is that he knew her when she was four. And he fucked her mom and has, like, half-siblings with her. Like, yeah. he has children yeah. that are her half-sibling. Yeah. So, I mean, that's also, I mean, I'm saying it adds to oh, the... Uh, the um, but if, if he, complexity of the if, situation. If the daughter would have been 18 when they met, then this would be a lot less of a story. Yes, of course. Of and course. The, the, you know, that's obviously the story because she was four. So people are like, well, okay, well, was, she, was he grooming her? Right. You know. That could be the case. <clears throat> it seems like they only, again, I don't know. It seems like they only had a sexual relationship once she was, you know, well above age. Right. 
But and from all accounts like that I've seen, like the daughter's like, oh yeah, it happened, no big deal. Like it's my, you know, it's, that's yeah, his kid. we're, like, we're consenting adults. It's like okay, but first off, yeah, it's weird you're banging your stepdad, but like, why do you want to bang a seventy six year old? Like, well, that's that is seen, odd. Have you seen his bank account and and his son? <laughs> <clears throat> I understand that, but it's like you're already related to him. Like you don't need to fucking bang the guy. What like it was? I'm assuming after. The mom and him got a divorce. Yeah. So the, at that point, technically, she's not related to him anymore. Like an ex stepdaughter. I mean, that's. Yeah, I I understand. Like but she wasn't in the running for any money. No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was to to get back in the game, but it's like you. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of wealthy men of that you could choose. You had to choose the 70 year old ex stepfather. I mean, that just seems a little bizarre. But you know, a lot of people are um are kind of sick and twisted in this way, hey, and hey, that's Anna. yeah. Maybe she was in love with him. I mean, she could have been. <laughs> she, she could have been in love with him. It seems to be a bit bizarre that, you know, you love someone as a father and then all of a sudden you want to fuck them. Yeah, that's, that seems that's to like when did that transition take place? And, and uh, you know, that's a good point that you brought up earlier, the fact that he probably wasn't around very much. So maybe yeah. she, that imprinting really didn't take place when you know he's because mm-hmm. think about it he was clearly cheating on everybody he's ever been with because he was fucking around and yeah fucking all the whores and all that while being married while having a thousand children so you know he was a very busy man he probably didn't maybe offer her a bunch of attention <clears throat> so just an interesting thing i thought i would bring up yeah. and discuss um as far as the ivana trump situation when i found out that um because I, I saw the news last night yeah and initially they they hadn't determined how she had died. They didn't. They said they didn't know, and that she was going to be examined by a you know mm-hmm. a medical uh, examiner. Um, and so, of course, my ears perk up because I recalled the interview from <clears throat> that woman that you know Bubba played for a little bit, Whitney Webb. She's a, she's like one of the the few journalists out there that is like trying to do real work, and I really appreciate that about her. Because she's she doesn't have and and I don't think she does because I've watched a few interviews with her. She's not trying to say like you know we need to get Trump out of office. We need to get Hillary. She's like this is just what I fucking found. Do with it what you will. Which is really not. It's really refreshing to have someone just say I don't care. This is what's going down. And she's kind of like a red pill person like us where she thinks like everybody is corrupt. It's not the left or the right. She's like people in power are trying to fuck us over, which is the case. So. She started telling, you know, telling this tale about Ivana Trump and just Lane fucking boss hogging around NYC, picking up um, middle schoolers and saying, you know, asking them if they wanted a oh, opportunity to model. Okay. I believe it was in New York. I thought York, it was yeah. down in Florida. At their, no. Uh, okay. No, because they were they were picking up girls because Maria Farmer was a, a New York chick. Okay. Okay. And then they were also picking up uh, kids in West Palm Beach. <clears throat> Not Ivana, but this this particular story uh, involved just Lane and Ivana in New York City. So I heard about the Ivana thing, and I, I looked up like on Drudge. It wasn't on there, and a few other places online, and I couldn't find it. So I started searching around. Mm-hmm. I took a screenshot to show you. So I found it finally a, a, a reference to it on ABC News. But the the Google article had on there started out with "Do not publish" from ABC News. Oh my god, <laughs> that's awesome! What so is the, it? So so what happened was. They had wrote the article and then wrote it, wrote do not publish because they hadn't been done. Like they weren't for sure yet, uh-huh. but somebody published it before editing out the do not publish part of the ABC oh, article. Oh, shit. That's funny as hell. <laughs> I'm glad it got out. So, yeah. Um. So, yeah. 
I don't I don't know what was going on with that. I don't know anything at the end of the day. You know, my dad always likes to remind me, like, Ani, you don't know anything for sure. Like, of course. But of yeah. what I've come across, of the information that I've collected, like, this is what I think may have happened. Do I know for sure? No. I don't know anything for sure. No one does. But, um, yeah, I, I think that um, some shady shit was going down. I just I I'm so intrigued by these these cases like with Epstein and I feel like I feel like and this is going to sound bad and I I don't mean it to but like when we start focusing on the victims and as we should like if someone is sexually assaulted we should but we start to focus in on like the the crime that happened which we should but it's like that it kind of is a deterrent from okay the motive like why was he doing it and i think people have just said oh he was like some one-off sicko and all this stuff and it's really taking away from the fact that like he was a for hire guy that was doing this for like he had lots of clients mm-hmm. sort of a thing and when we start focusing on the victims as we should it really kind of helps um i don't want to say the deep state but it helps take the the focus off of like, okay, well, who was he in cahoots with? Why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we talking about the people that were associated with Epstein and what their motives were and why they were involved and why they were on the Alolita Express? That just seems to be kind of, and again, in the circles that I run, that's less so, obviously, because people are interested. But when you look on, you know, on the news and stuff like that, you know, you just hear the Ghislaine Maxwell thing, the victims, they saw their day in court. And that's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Like she was a standalone uh, aggressor. She was she assaulted these women or helped assault these women. And she's in jail. And now justice has been served. It's like, not really. Right. But OK, sure. If that makes you feel better, if that helps you sleep at night. Well, it's because there's no <laughs> proof that like the people just because they flew on the plane, went to the island. Of course. Did anything. Of course. So. Yeah, I know. I know that. Because um, I'm sure there was a bunch of them that didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there were a lot of people, like, I I remember I am a big fan of Steven Pinker, who I think is, he's at Harvard. He's a Canadian, I think, um, l- like a linguist, uh, like, by trade. But he's done a lot of, like, interesting work on on psychology, on violence. on He does mostly stuff on language. Um, and so he was... I saw a picture with him and Epstein and it's like, uh, you know, and at first that was jarring because I'm like, oh, shit, this guy's like a hero to me. Mm -hmm. And he's in cahoots with Epstein. But like you said, not everybody was. And he did donate a lot of money to like Harvard Medical and stuff like that, because that was kind of a uh, a cover for what he was really doing. You know, it's hard to be mad at someone when they're giving you millions of dollars to do research. Right. So it is what it is. uh, So I had a question. So a guy bought. Jeffrey Epstein's old Gulfstream, not the big, not the big Lolita Express, but the smaller jet, because there was a few jets that he yeah. had. Now, this guy is now suing the Epstein estate because he says his plane, his plane is tainted because Jeffrey Epstein used to own it and would shuttle people back and forth, and the previous owners didn't tell him that. Do you think, you, like, if you um, do you think you would care mm-hmm. that much, like? Well, I mean, do you have to disclose? No. What? What? Okay, then you have no like to stand on, right? Like, but like, is the plane really tainted? Well, I I feel like this is the same thing with like people who move into a house that's haunted, or haunted in quotes, and right. then they're like, "Well, they didn't tell me it was haunted. Right? I want my money back. Right? 
Like, well, but the, is that part of the rules? But they're not saying like, hey, the engine doesn't work or like right. there's, you know, it's come all over the fucking seats. You know, like, not yeah. like you looked at the plane. You said, hey, it's clean. I like it. It works like you bought the plane. Yeah. Who cares? Like what the last guy like. Yeah. Did with it? And it's like kind of icky, but. Uh, it's like, well, you didn't disclose that it was ran by a crime syndicate. Like what? Okay. Yeah. You got the plane, buddy. Shut the fuck up. Right. Shut the fuck up. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you there. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what to tell you. Let's take a phone call. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up? It's hot, Carl. Um, I just was curious if you guys Let me, let me Google you real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't Google me. I, I bet forgetting to throw that zinger in there. But, um, dude, so, like, you guys know what Lolita means? No. Like I thought it was just a name. Term? Well, yeah, Lolita means, like, young fucking whore girls dude it is so fucked up that i mean it's just so obvious i'm not gonna like everyone knows like conspiracy about jeffrey epstein stuff but hold on hold on simply look at you you realize that the plane wasn't called the lolita express that was like the nickname people gave to it like especially afterwards okay so he didn't he okay so i don't actually yeah i don't think name it no i don't i don't believe so are we sure about that i'm not 100 percent sure Mm -hmm. Because I mean, if you if you literally like look up that name, it's I've I've looked it up. It, it literally is like a term used for like young, skit. Like it's basically like a pedophile term for like little girls or whatever. And it's, it's in quotes, weird. so I think yeah. it's, it was just like the, a... the locals dubbed <clears throat> his seven twenty seven the Lolita Express because of the frequent underage women seen on. Yeah. So yeah, he didn't call it that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah. Um. You know. Just like if you bottom line it. I mean, when th- there's some like websites that you can basically get like some kind of like not like it's, it's it's not dark webish, but I mean you've probably heard of it. it's stupid. It's called it's 4chan or whatever. But like there was a time where they posted like a video of inside that his like mansion or whatever on that island right there's like this room that has like a it's like a fountain it's like a bathhouse type room and they actually like had real footage like that was this guy like snuck a camera in and like he was holding it to its side or whatever but they, there was like really like obviously underage under 15 year old like girls there and stuff you don't see anything sexual or anything like that but Still, I mean, like, it's so obvious, and I think, like, one of the most recent guys that called it out was a UFC fighter, and there was a video, and he was like, you know, how in the hell is there not, like, a list showing, you know, who actually was there, you know, and, and unfortunately, Trump, like, he, he was, and like, there's so many pictures of him with, you know, Ghislaine and stuff like that, so... Yeah. It it just I, we may never know, but no, we'll never we know. know what the we. So, in in the last point I was going to make real quick was with these elite people that have so much money, they can do anything they want, right? They can go on any vacation, they can do anything. But at a certain point, life becomes mundane, and unfortunately, um, what these elitists like to do is when there's nothing left, like they go to like these dark, perverse things to give themselves like an adrenaline rush or or to like yeah have i've said that before and that's, <clears throat> where and other that's things why they were right. yeah mm-hmm. and and that's why they have like the, the the last resort like the last thing that they have uh is like the ultimate drug or whatever to them is these like underage kids and and 
you know, it, there's a whole dark wormhole, but I just figured I'd put that out there. But hey, thanks for correcting me. I did not know that it was not actually called. Lolita yeah, it wasn't Express. called that. I, people people weren't like booking a ticket on the Lolita Express. Like that wasn't the name of it. Yeah, it's in quotes. But so. yeah, Lolita is like a term used for like pita. Right, yeah. right. Well, anyway, it, like wasn't like was named like that. Like it was like just like called like like that like from other like people. Sorry, dude. I say that shit when I get nervous, but all right, man, take it easy. All right, have a good one. Yeah, have, like, a good weekend. Oh, be nice to him. <laughs> all um, the chat was calling him out on it. Yeah, it, and it's it's funny because people are like, like, how are these people not in trouble? And, again, from the information that I've collected over the last couple of years, it seems like the FBI was very much aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, again, these are me making uh, deductions based on what I've learned but it seems like, especially since Ghislaine was in the picture, whose family business was intelligence, which is interesting because some people, you know, your dad may own a retail store or, you know, maybe a restaurant or something like that. Well, the family business was intelligence. Right. Like her, her father, Robert Maxwell, was a media mogul, but he was also involved. I think he was a triple agent. I've said this before. He was like working with the Russians. He was definitely in the Mossad and he was also in the... Is it the K six? Is that what the like MI, British? Is it MI six or MI MI something MI6? like that? Um, whatever the British equivalent to the CIA is, he was involved with all three of them, and then just ended up dead floating next to his yacht. Um, apparently, at his funeral, there were a lot of um, high level Mossad agents, a lot of people in the Israeli government. So he was definitely involved in with something there, and um, I think just Lane kind of took over that family. Business, So that's why it's very curious that she was working with Epstein and the fact that the FBI was given information. Maria Farmer, who was, you know, one of the leading victims and the most outspoken victim, said that she contacted the FBI and they didn't fucking do anything about it. If anything, I think she she implied that they already knew what was going on and didn't do anything about it, which makes me think, again, making deductions that they already knew and they were extracting using him as well. Like he was also had our government as a client and was working and, you know, wheeling and dealing, um, you know, covert operations to try to put other people in precarious situation so that they would cooperate with our government and maybe exchange information about, you know, God knows what. So uh, very interesting. And it's really hard because, you know, like a uh, hot Carl said, it, w- there's it's stuff we'll never know. We only have pieces, parts. A lot of the things are in the shadows. I don't like where are all these videotapes of like hours and hours of blackmail, mm-hmm. like thousands of hours of tapes like where where's all that we apparently people have seen the the tv cameras a lot of the witnesses said that they did see like a room just full of cameras you know um not only on little saint james but also in his big what is it like a three four story mansion in in new york city Mm. the thing the place he bought from like les wexner for like a dollar like it was some fucking weird sort of situation but it's just it's fascinating, but it's also really frustrating because we'll just never know all of the facts and we can only try to make some, you know, judgment on the things that the few things that we do actually know. Um, 81390Bubba, if you'd like to join the conversation. Hello, who's this? Hey, it's James from St. Pete. What's up, James from St. Pete? What's going on? I just wanted to go back to Elon's dad and the yeah. uh, young girls. Actually, I have a customer walking in. Let me call you back later. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Uh, 81390Bubba. Um, I did want to kind of get into this because 
we kind of had a, a very brief discussion about this guy and I had no idea who he was. And then all of a sudden, about four days ago, I started seeing him pop up everywhere. Andrew Tate. Okay, yeah. He seems to ha- have hijacked some sort of algorithm where, like, he was a nobody. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I am getting, uh, I'm getting pop-ups where he's on, like, podcasts that I listen to. Short clips of him on... Um, uh, mostly podcasts that I listen to, and and just that, like I've I've never heard of him before. Then suddenly he's on Twitch. You're watching Twitch. He pops up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I hear Andrew Schultz is talking about him. Same story. He's like, I didn't know who this guy was, and now he's everywhere. Yeah, I didn't know who he was. And so it was really really bizarre because I was listening to a podcast on my way to your house. What day was that? Maybe Friday, Saturday. And yeah. then and then all of a sudden I, I I come inside to your house and you turn on Twitch and then you're like this guy Andrew Tate's on I'm like what the fuck like I was and, just well, listening I was like, to- who the hell is Andrew Tate is like he, there's there was like three hundred and something thousand people watching him yeah. on Twitch and then all of a sudden I was like dude I was just listening to to a podcast that he wasn't even in but was mentioned in because I was listening to a Michaela Peterson thing who's mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson's daughter she has a lot of good insights. And she was talking to somebody about, you know, uh, meeting up with this guy and there was this rumor that they had sex or whatever. And she was saying that that didn't happen, whatever. But I just heard his name. And I'm like, I don't even know who that is. And then I come to your house and you're like, do you know who this Andrew Tate guy? I'm like, what the fuck? He's this guy's everywhere. I know. So I don't know what's going on with him. So last night I did a little bit of investigative research into who he is. He has some really fucked up, weird, mutt accent that you can't place... I heard he's like American and British, but he like lives in Romania and run, yeah. runs casinos yeah. out of Romania. Yeah. Um. So I don't really know much about him, but he, I started listening to some of his content and it's very, uh, I mean, uh, I guess like sexist is the word. It mm-hmm. seems to be very man centric. Right. But then I'm like, is this guy for real or is he just trying to be a provocateur and get people upset? Because some of the stuff he says is so outlandish that it doesn't even, like, really upset. Like, I'm not upset by anything anyone says that is, you know, that's not to me. Like, if he's saying stuff about women, I'm not, like, outraged. I'm like, whatever. He can think whatever he wants. But um, then I started seeing him pop up on your mom's house and Barstool Sports had, like, an interview with him. So I was just like, who is this guy? But he seems to be, like, the Milo Yiannopoulos of... Of like manosphere type things, you know, because obviously what happens in 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 culture, generally speaking, is like usually when you take like a hard swing to the left, there's usually an equal and opposite swing back to the right. And so because everybody's getting all woke and, you know, transgender this pronouns that this guy comes back and is just like a hardcore traditionalist saying that. You know, essentially, women are property of men, and he said something on Barstool. I don't know if you saw this. No, I don't watch Barstool. Um, no, it was like it was. I think it was like on Instagram or Twitter or something. Okay. But basically, he said he was making the claim that if a woman is with a man and the woman gets on OnlyFans and makes money, that she should give that man <coughs> a like a part of her earnings. And they were like, why? And he was like, because she like belongs to him and her intimate parts, quote, belong to him. And then when uh, Dave Portnoy was like, well, what about if it's like some dude doing porn and he's with a chick? Should she get? And he's like, well, no, because, you know, he's a man and he owns himself. So Mm. and then Dave Portnoy was like, do you see why people think you're a sexist? But I think he's a fucking troll and he's doing a great job. I think so, too.
Do you know I, anything about him, about this man? No, other than I saw him and I was like, why are so many people watching this? Yeah. So I started looking him up and it looks like he's like doing a lot of trolley stuff. Yes. And, and like you said a minute he's ago, a like, okay. he's from, he's lives in Romania, but like, I think he, he either said he was American, but his bio, his bio says he's British or he says he's British and his bio says, I don't remember which one I it was. I think he was but, raised in the UK, but he was born in America. Okay. I think. There was something about that that was kind of odd. Yeah, and but he's fighting out of yeah Romania. I don't really know what he's involved in. Does he have? And then he has some like school of hustle or something. What hustle I, university? I did, honestly didn't look that far into him. Yeah, I'm just I'm very intrigued by people that come out of nowhere. And this is kind of what Andrew Schultz was saying is like. It's not like he's a guy who's in the media and he's famous because he has a podcast or he's famous because mm-hmm. he's, you know, an athlete, which apparently he is. But this guy seemingly just came out of nowhere and suddenly, like, is an instant celebrity. And I'm just, I don't even know, like, who he is or why he's famous. Yeah. So it's very, uh, it's very strange. But <clears throat> do you watch any of this, like, Manosphere type stuff? Very, very little of it. Because I watch a lot of it. Yeah, I no. Like a lot of it. Um, like Jordan Peterson type stuff? Or I wouldn't even, even put even... him in that category. I'm yes, talking about is. like, have you heard the, um, like, what is it called? The New and Fresh podcast or something. No. There's some guy that he's, I don't know if he's like Arabic or something, but he no, says some like that. really outrageous stuff. Um, do you know who like Rolo Tomasi is? Nope. <clears throat> he wrote a book, I think in 2013, called The Rational Male. And... It's like a, a bunch of these guys that are trying to, um, I, I'm, I, I'm, my favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post clean clarity you get when you're talking through Mint Mobile. I mean, I can't believe that I've been living some other life with all this scratchy mobile when I can get crystal clear and the best mobile through Mint Mobile. And I can do it all for $15 a month when you purchase a three month plan. I can afford this. How much have I been paying on my other plan? Probably getting gouged. But it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Say bye bye to your overpriced wireless plan. I mean, I'm talking jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Say goodbye to all that nonsense. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with a premium wireless plan starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month to get this new customer offer and your three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com forward slash bubba that's mintmobile.com forward slash b-u-b-b-a cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash bubba 45 dollars upfront payment required equivalent to 15 a month new customers on first three-month plan only speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plans additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see mint mobile for details. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Intrigued by it because they use a lot of evolutionary psychology themes. So they're like, well, you know, men are designed to do this and women are designed to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, ergo, it's okay to do these things. Or, you know, these are a lot of the people that are men that are telling guys, like, don't be the nice guy. Don't, um, you know, don't run after a woman. Don't show any sort of weakness because women aren't attracted to weakness. Like that whole sort of deal. I mean, they preach a lot of different things, but that's uh, a big portion of it. I'm very interested because I always feel like I like... I like going behind enemy lines. And this is kind of like an an outgrowth of like the school of, you know, Neil Strauss and the mystery method and like how to like trick women using their psychology against them Mm -hmm. to get in bed with them sort of stuff, which I've always found to be fascinating. I've been reading this stuff since I was in college. But um, yeah, but a lot of the themes that they do talk about, like uh, a lot of times they're spot on. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of times they're spot on. Um, something that I've talked about recently that I've noticed pop up a lot more is that, <clears throat> and again, I'm making generalizations, but I've just seen a lot of it where it seems to be the case that, you know, it seems like uh, w- women are feeling a, a bit entitled mm-hmm. because of their biology. Mm-hmm. And let's forget about the trans thing for a moment. What's a sure. woman? Like, let's just put that aside. Let's just talk straight. Yeah, we're not talking about that. Women. Seems like a lot of women are feeling, I don't even want to say empowered, but I would say entitled because they're a woman and they feel like they're owed something. It mm-hmm. seems to be kind of a um, um, a similar situation with the, like, reparations. So my past female ancestors were you know, discriminated against and therefore like I am owed some, you know, Mm -hmm. their debt or something like that, which doesn't really make sense to me. Like if you've never experienced anything personally, you know, you can't just want money or jobs because historically speaking, it was harder in the past for women to get a job or get respect or whatever. Um, So I'm seeing a lot of that. And it just seems that a lot of women want equality when it is uh, convenient. Um, A lot of women expect things of men that they don't expect of themselves, which is, I think, to be a problem. Um, And I'm not talking about, like, physical strength or anything like that, but it's like, you know, I've heard this common trope. I'm sure you've heard it as well on, like, social media and just people say, like, oh, don't do, like, wifely duties for girlfriend prices. Like, I've heard that trope been thrown around a lot where it's like, you know, don't go above and beyond for this guy if he's not willing to commit to you, Mm. Um, where it's like, you know, you're not attracted to a guy unless he shows good husbandly qualities. So it just seems to be bizarre that, you know, if we're all auditioning for the job of, you know, wife or husband, 
it seems to be odd that there's this expectation for the man to be a good provider and show that he couldn't be a good husband and father. But for you, you know, you're really going to hold back until you get that ring on your finger. So I um, I think that that is problematic. So I really think that this whole manosphere thing is really, you know, the pendulum swinging back in the other direction. I agree. And it's strange because, like, I feel like I'm in this weird situation where I, I'm aware of biology. Mm-hmm. I have no problem, like, with people who want to live traditional lives. Um, I am not a traditionalist in any sense of the word. Right. And I don't, and my life reflects that. I mean, I'm 35, I'm childless, and I'm not married. Um, I'm an atheist, and I don't go to church. You, like, go out of your way sometimes to not do it that way. Yeah, but, and I'm conscious of that. And But then again, it's like I'm also aware of biology and I understand that, you know, men and women typically have certain proclivities or need different needs mm-hmm. and um, that there's a, a, a difference there, not only biologically speaking, but, you know, emotionally and um, just kind of their role in society right. and or what they might be drawn to. So I'm kind of aware of that as well. But so it's this weird thing. So basically i'm not on anybody's side you know i i sometimes understand when a when a guy is talking about you know wanting a traditional woman or having a traditional life and having zero problems with that um and then you know get but also getting upset when he did not upset but kind of like annoyed when he's like well a woman should do this and a woman should do that and it's like okay well i mean not everybody is the same and not everybody you know these guys that on the manosphere talk in in wild gen- generalizations sure. where it's like they know the, the ticket that will make all women happy and that's just you know being barefoot pregnant in the kitchen which it's some right. people oh. yes it's sure <laughs> yes for some people yes uh, it, that's the right path for them but that's not what every woman or no, person wants and you know they're like but it's like baked into their dna like yeah but that's also can be you know partially socialized out of you i think to some degree if like you know you're, you're someone like me you had a college education you like uh freedom you like traveling you like doing all these things and you understand like okay maybe a child could bring me joy but if I'm doing a cost-benefit analysis here, I think I would like my single life more. Okay. That's usually how I think about it. Because I'm like, if I had a kid, would it ruin my life? I mean, financially probably, but set that aside for a second. And let's just say on an emotional level, um, no, I think, you know, obviously I would derive some joy of seeing, you know, this thing I created grow and become a person. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, I don't know if I would enjoy it more than I enjoy the life that I have now because I really like being able f- to do what you want. Right. I really, really like that. I've always liked that. I think somehow it's like part of my identity to just be a gypsy mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, I can just get up and leave. And if that were to change, then I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, we were talking like just like a week ago, like one of these next few weekends, we're talking about going somewhere and we're like, hey, maybe we'll go to Atlanta and just like fly and stay there for a night or two just because it's cheap and it's quick and like, you know, a vacation and nothing crazy. But like if you had a kid, you can't just do that. Yeah. And can, but. And I'm not even thinking on that level. And I mean, I am, but it's like, I can't even go to the gym when I want. Right. Like. If you're, say, you know, we have a kid or something like that and you're doing work here, I can't just like, 
up and leave. Mm -hmm. Like I have to make arrangements or bring the kid with me and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's really like a day to day sort of massive transformation that I don't think that I I want because I'm I understand that I could drive you know, joy from both lifestyles. But if I'm doing a cost benefit analysis, what's the most important thing to me or makes me the happiest? One of those things is like freedom. Yeah. In every sense of the word freedom, Mm -hmm. like just to do what I want to do when I want to do it and, and not, and and making as few uh, maybe, and you know, people would call me selfish, but I don't care. Like making as few compromises as I can. That is, that's a goal. Like if I can, you know, be happy, like obviously like being in a relationship, you have to make compromises, but in, but relationships don't work when you have to make too many compromises. When it's all compromises. When it's all compromised, you can't do anything that you want. Everything is like a watered down version of like what you actually wanted to do. And I think that the best relationships are the ones where you can, you can make relatively few concessions. Yeah. Right? Like, because you're on the same page. We both like doing these things Mm -hmm. together. And not just hobbies, but like life plans, children, marriage, where you want to live, you know, political stances, political politics, you know, people say aren't important, but they are in the sense that they're a reflection of values. So for like... Every day, you know, I came home to Blitz and I'm like, oh, I'm really, I, I I love abortion. He's like, I just don't think it's right. And then we just argue about that. Like, that would mm-hmm. be a problem. It's fine if one person is apathetic or doesn't yeah. know anything. If anything, that might be the best situation. That, to be honest, it, it is. I know people like that. And it's actually not bad. <laughs> How do we start? Um <laughs> I'm jealous of people who are renaissance or oh, ignorant. I I have said this a million times on the air on all shows. Um, the guy on Howard's show that is uh, now known as Gary the Conqueror, mm-hmm. I would love to be him in my next life. And he is a special person? He is. He used to be called something else, Gary the uh, something oh, else. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. But he lives on his own. Mm. Um, he's got his own place and like Washington State or Seattle or somewhere. I forget okay. where. Um, he has a job working at, I believe, a fast food burger place. Probably n- never happier. Loves it. Yeah. He cleans tables and takes out the trash, and it's the best thing that's ever happened to right. him. And he, you know, makes his, you know, couple hundred bucks a week, and he's rich, and, you know, like, I'm like, man. Lives his life. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it is so interesting. And, and I'm not, you know, trying to say that, you know, we're cursed with intelligence, but beyond intelligence, like I think it's even more of a curse if you're intelligent and you're curious and you you are a nuanced person. Mm-hmm. That's really the kicker is the nuance because yeah. that is something that you don't find with people very often. And I was talking to, you know, Will about this, about how nuance is really a th- I mean, I don't want to say it's a thing of the past because I don't know if it ever really existed, but it's certainly not present in our society today. Um, And if it is, it's usually under wraps because the loudest people are the ones that have a very low resolution conception of what's going on. Like the people that are protesting like for and against the Roe v. Wade, like I feel like both sides have a very low resolution of like what's going on. Sure. Um, the and people that like protest the loudest usually know the least. That is almost a fact. Like it's very true because when you start asking them questions about their beliefs and why they believe them, 
they're they can easily be tied into a, a knot that they a and pretzel they can't get be, out of because i you know because i'm somewhat involved in it and know a lot about it but like guns like people that are anti-gun know almost nothing about guns this is what that uh Coleon noir guy was talking about yeah. you know he and that's why he tries to educate people on the matter because he's like the people that hate guns the most don't know anything about guns and he, he was on bill maher saying that and bill maher admitted that he goes i don't know anything about guns but i hate yeah. them he goes yeah that's pretty typical and, and you know not that i've done it a lot and i used to do it more often but like my favorite thing to do is to take people who either don't like guns or are afraid of guns or have never shot whatever and like take them shooting because it's a lot of fun it is but like i feel like i'm one of those few people where i don't like guns like that's fine i don't like guns I am very happy the Second Amendment exists. So let let's start there. But like personally speaking, I don't. I like that you have guns and mm-hmm. have guns on you. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I I'm feeling like I need to be stop being a little bitch and actually you know get more comfortable with guns. But I don't want to be. But, like, but I really don't want to be. But I really out, hate guns. But going out and shooting with me, like at least like opened your eyes to like okay, I see how this can be fun. Because before that, a lot of people go, there's no way you go to a range and have fun. Like, that's, that's not fun. No, like, there's it's, no... it feels like you feel empowered, for yeah. sure. And, but And we need to go a few more times. Like, you you know, then it becomes a lot less like, oh, my God, I, you know, it's just like, yeah. hey, this is what you do. Right. And it's one of those things where, you know, and again, I've only gone shooting once. So, you know, take yeah. that as it is. Yeah. But, like, I can see myself being comfortable under supervision yeah but like i can't imagine being like let me just get my all right let's go shoot and i like take myself like obviously you can get to a point where you're that comfortable mm-hmm. but in my mind like that that existence doesn't and, that that doesn't exist for me quite yet because yeah. uh, i'm so i'm really petrified oh and of there, guns. there are a ton of people who can legally carry a gun or own a gun that shouldn't like that i don't think should and it's mainly just when i'm when i mean it's people who Kind of like you are like, I'm afraid, I don't want to, I don't want, I'm not going to, I don't know, I'm unsure. Well, then don't own it. Like, you don't have, I'm not saying everyone should, should own it. Like, you should have to have a gun. Like, no, but. Yeah, if you want to, it should be available sure. for you to. Yeah, but if you don't want to, by all means, don't. Like, don't carry, like, if you know, like, I also think it's a lot more dangerous as far as carrying goes. People who are like, well. I, I, I don't really like carrying it, but I do, and I don't know if I'd be able to use it. It's like, well, then don't carry it. Yeah. Because the most dangerous thing is, like, pulling a gun out and then not being able to use it or willing to use it or knowing how, like... Right. But then in, in that case, you know, obviously you should be educated on how to use it before yeah. you start, you know, having it on you at all times, mm-hmm. which is a place that I would like to be. And so I'm like, is this the next... Um, arena that I try to go into where it's like, because I am not obsessed with, but I've probably the last 10 years will purposely put myself in situations that I feel uncomfortable in because I feel like that's typically where I grow the most, mm-hmm. which I think is good. Like, I didn't want to start hosting um, Stay Woke when I was at The Bone. But, uh, you know, I'll be very honest. Seth was the one that was like, you should ask John Brennan for an extra hour Mm -hmm. and you should host if you say you want to host. And I go, "Okay." And I asked John Brennan for that extra hour thinking it would be a year down the road before he approved it. Time to plan. Uh, Like five days later, he's like, all right, 12 to one's yours. And I'm like, oh, God. So I was kind of forced into the situation and hated it for about the first six weeks. Mm-hmm. Literally had like diarrhea every night because I would get so fucking nervous. And then there were, I was like, at one point, I'm going to just get used to this. 
And it took about six weeks for me to settle in and go, okay, now I can kind of relax a little and enjoy it more and try to actually like hone the craft instead of just being so petrified. You know, now the whole the new thing for me is the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Sure. Every night I get nervous when I have to roll or do a drill or because I'm, you know, I'm not so much scared I'm going to get hurt, but it's like my ego is going to be bruised. I'm going to get beat by someone who I, I quote, should be better than. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get just annihilated and humiliated, like all those things. But I'm like, you have to keep going. Like you can't be if you're going to quit, you have to quit on a good day. Yeah. You have to quit when you're enjoying it. Right, you so can't quit when you're because you're afraid. Let's do this. Let's pick a day and maybe go like every other week or maybe every week. But yeah, because like, I can't just go once a year and be like, no, oh, no, no. But like, get- so, not like all the time, but like, because it's, it's kind of expensive. Um, yeah. But, you know, like fairly often, because I, I haven't really gone shooting much at all lately. So I'd, I want to go too. But like, we'll take one or two guns. We'll go to a range like after work and. Shoot. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think I should get just even familiar with holding a gun and yeah. obviously shooting a gun and the proper safety protocols and all that sort of stuff. Because mm-hmm. I, my dad had a gun. Uh, you know, he tried to take me shooting one time. It really wasn't the way to go about doing that. You know, right off the bat, I my parents had just gotten divorced. He's like, "Let's go shooting. It'll be cool." I'd never even held the gun before, and all of a sudden, I'm in a you know in an indoor shooting range with like you know 15 other people. I don't know their mental states and like if they're gonna just turn around and fucking murder me. So I was just well, it could happen. Of course, it could happen. <laughs> so I was just like, it was it was a horrible experience. We walked in. I'd never heard gunshots before in my life. It's a lot louder than you think it is. Yeah, and even with the um, muffs, muffs, I was like, uh, I just started crying. So we were in there probably about four minutes. I'm bawling. My dad's like, all right, let's leave. And so, I mean, it was so bad. The guy's like, here's your money back. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She's a mess. So that was my first experience before you came along and took me and was like, you know, here's the gun. It's just not loaded. There it is. Just look at it. You know, I need kind of that. You know what it is? You need exposure therapy. Of you, course. You, like you're afraid of snakes. You don't just like they don't throw you in a fucking yeah. and cage I didn't full hand snakes. you my AR and say, here, shoot this. You know, we started with like a little. T- yeah. You know, with a silencer. The, and yeah. Silencer 22 handgun, like you know, a nothing, a nothing gun, but still yeah. a real gun. Like, right. But, you know, a nothing and then mm-hmm. moved up from there. That's what we'll do with the indoor range, too. Well, I'll just bring yeah. a couple of little handguns and we'll just, you know, we'll go one day and uh, indoor range is like, <laughs> but there's the problem is there's only like one or two outdoor ranges around here. I, I know. And in the summertime, they suck. Uh, it's and here's the thing is like because we had uh, that connection, mm-hmm. like I'm spoiled because I'm like, well, I, why does anyone even have to be there? You know, because right. I don't I don't like relying on other people's mental states like that. That makes me uneasy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather, I wish we could just go to a farm and, you know, like shoot at rocks like we did. But, um, you know, unfortunately. We kind of can, but those are far away. Too. Yeah. That's, that's your problem. Right. But I'd rather, I want to live, you know. Yeah. I don't like going to a place where like everybody's fucking like, oh, there's my gun and I can just fucking, hey, fuck you. Like, you know, that's, that, I understand it's unlikely, but it scares yeah. me. You understand? Well, you can get in your car and the same thing can happen. I understand. I'm not saying it's any like more logical. Of right. Me. You know, I when know, you're crossing you're the street though. as a pedestrian, you're, you know, really putting a lot of faith in the people that are the red light that are stopping for you to cross. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, when you're not used to something, it it's a lot more frightening because you don't know a lot about it. You know, I have friends all over the world and they just think that everyone's just getting shot up and murdered here. And I'm thinking, you know, they're in Europe. I'm like, are you getting blown up by you know terrorists every day? You right. know, so it's just kind of you know, reporting bias where you're like, no, I'm not afraid to walk down the street. I'm like, 
you know, and and my dad has a lot of friends that are in Israel, and you know, a lot of them use public transport. And I'm like, how are they not freaked the fuck out every time? And it's like, well, they think the same about us that everyone's getting shot up at a school or a bank or a, you know mm-hmm. at a grocery store. So it is kind of just um, and look one time of that happening is too many, mm-hmm. but you know. If you look at the numbers, it doesn't happen that often. Yeah, I know. And but, it's and again, one is too many. I'm not saying it's not. But no, like, you're just talking stats. Yeah. They get it. They probably don't. <laughs> you guys don't get shit. That's why we can't talk about some things because you guys are... I'll just stop there. I'm, I've said too much. But going back to just ignorance is bliss, I really think that it is. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think uh, like beyond... And I th- I think some of it doesn't even have to do with intelligence. I think it's like a lack of curiosity. I found with people that are not very involved with politics, say, and I actually appreciate when people say like, hey, I don't know anything sure. about it, so I don't feel like I can weigh in on this. Yeah. I'm like, fucking props to you. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that because a lot of people just start talking shit and they don't know anything and or they just think they're like, oh, that sounds good. I'm going to jump on board. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I appreciate people who kind of take a step back. But what I've realized is a lot of people who, you know, don't want to get involved because it's like it's so daunting, like the amount of information. And at least those people kind of understand that situations and issues are complex a lot of people don't. They're just like, what? Abortion's illegal? That's terrible. Oh, they hate women. Oh, those protests. Like, I wish my brain, like, functioned on that level. But yeah, when you're nuanced and you're like, fuck, I kind of get what the right is saying. Yeah. But I also kind of get what the left is saying. So there's, there's like, literally people who think that, like, the Supreme Court sat in a room and were like, you know what? <sighs> Let's make abortion illegal and overturn Roe v. Wade. Like, that's what they think actually happened, and that they came out and they said, you know what, Roe v. Wade overturned abortions, now illegal. Yeah. And that's not even close to, like... No, no, and then and then you start talking, you know, about the states thing, and sometimes they know, sometimes they don't. <laughs> right. Um, and they're like, well, what about the person that can't fucking... Like, and then, it, you know, it's it immediately goes to, like, the most extreme cases, which... All right, fine. Those are still things that happen, you know, like that 10-year-old that was fucking raped. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. And that person's having trouble getting an abortion. By the way, both sides are fucked up. Like, Yeah, and I mean, like, okay. And, and that is horrible that a 10-year-old was fucking raped. Don't get me wrong. But then the right would go, but is maybe we should punish the rapist and not the unborn fetus. Like, that's right. their argument. And I'm like, well, that's kind of a point. Mm-hmm. The fetus didn't do anything. It's like, you know, it seems like you're taking it out on the wrong entity. But also, it's like, do we really want 10-year-olds having kids? Like, here's the thing about abortion that makes it so complicated. Everybody benefits from abortion Except the fetus. So Mm -hmm. what do you do? Do you act on behalf of society and say on behalf of the people who are already here and living as real adult or people who are considered people? um, If that benefits all of us or should we maybe take into consideration this unborn person and I'll Mm -hmm. just I'll, I'll give I'll award it personhood because if left untouched, it would turn into a person. So we'll we'll award a personhood. Yes, yes, yes. So for the most part, but you know, so everybody else, do you? So do you act then ethically, morally, legally on behalf of society, or do you do the uh, hey, this is actually what's 
what the what the right thing is to do, which is maybe let the child be born. Now, I've heard some things, and again, I need to investigate a little bit further, something about Texas is suing the Biden administration because, like, even in the even in situations where, like, the mother's life is at risk, they're not allowing abortions. That seems to be, a, like, if I'm going to draw any line in the sand, even beyond, like, incest and rape, it would be if it's threatening the life of the person that's housing. Yeah. Like, then... I, I mean, I have no other argument, but like, come on, like, here's the, here's, how's the baby going to survive? Mostly, like, if if it's a if it's uh, two months like ectopic pregnancy, well, and yeah. the baby's going to die, and the mom's going to die, like, let's save the mom. Like, right? That seems odd. I think the question is, though, law wise, how are you going to write it out where it's like you're guaranteeing the mom to die? Not there's a ten percent chance. I mean, like, at what percent do you do you do it? To well, save I mean, that's, obviously, that's the there's some sort of like subjective discretion on behalf of the practitioner to say, "Hey, I'm signing off on this, and this is threatening the mom's life." Whether it's a thirty percent chance of survival or a hundred percent or ninety five percent chance of survival, right. I feel like if there's, but again, having a baby is kind of also threatening your life, like just point blank, of course. Because like there's complications that yeah, can arise they can grow from up to pregnancy be a and kill you. That yeah. or also like you know there's right. like gestational no, diabetes like shit like that. Of course. But I would say that if it's like if, uh, yeah, it's, that'd be really hard to uh, listen. We we have some people that because, can put together because, a document. Because you got to think that's just it. Like say you know Doctor A says nope, this woman she'll be completely fine. Like there's like there's no no issues here. Right. And Doctor B says no, there's a one percent chance. So her health is at risk. She needs an abortion. Yeah. How, how do you? How I mean, do you, you write... need three doctors, best of three. You know, right. a, that, I know it gets, hard, it gets really write, messy. It's hard to write a law that can yeah. take that into effect. Right. Right. I mean, and then it's like you, maybe you should also take in, take into consideration. You know, if 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 the mother has gestational diabetes and the doctor's like this is threatening your life, you know, obviously the mother can step in and say I'm gonna I'm gonna take the chance. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to have this baby, or mm-hmm. at least try to have this baby. Right. Versus like. You know, the person who who didn't want the baby and who's afraid now. Sure. Um, but again, like, it's really hard because it's not it's not just like a... Um, it's not a cut and dry thing. It's not a cut and dry math that you could just say this is 100% yeah. threatening your life. And yeah. to what degree? Right. And having a baby is risky. Like, shit can happen, arise mm-hmm. from a perfectly healthy person getting pregnant. And then all of a sudden, you know, like I said, gestational diabetes comes to mind because that's a, a thing I yeah. hear sometimes. Um, or if you're just maybe like a little bit older and, you know, the baby, I mean, essentially a baby is a parasite. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a symbiotic relationship. The baby isn't yeah, really, really giving the mom anything. Um, it's it's just a parasite that's, uh, you know, sucking out resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it's born, it sucks out more resources and, and continues to shit. Yeah. So all I'm saying is shit's complicated, but I wish that I had... A more I do and I don't because I don't respect people like that, and I I don't respect people that like really can't think beyond you know one or two steps. Because um, then when you start to kind of ask them a few questions about things, and that's the best way to kind of get through to people, just ask them questions about their position that are hard to answer, and I feel like that's when they're able they're kind of like disarmed because you're not just yelling at them. Like you're not going to change any minds and hearts by calling someone like cold-hearted or stupid or like that's not going to make me change my mind but if you start asking them questions that they find hard to answer that actually might make them think not that i'm trying to change minds and hearts i kind of like just watching the circus just sitting down watching everybody fight but you know 
uh, you know, when Babyface called in and was like, people are really upset about this. It's like, yeah, but a lot of people are celebrating this. So it's right. like. That's the thing. I, and I <clears throat> like, I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, I'm I'm okay with the states deciding it. And if you don't like the way your state decides, then you can go to a state that does. Um, But yeah, a lot of people are like cheering this and they love it. And they, you know, like there's a lot of those people out there. Yeah, there's a lot of people celebrating, and I feel like they are trying to, you know, uh, depending on what media sources you watch, th- they're trying to show, like, the entire country is outraged by this. And a lot of people are. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people are very upset about this, but a lot of people aren't. A lot of people think that, you know, whether or not that they're, you know, pro-life or, or pro-choice, a lot of people might be libertarians, and they think, all right, yeah, leave it up to the states. I'm pro-choice, but this the constitution before everything else sort of a deal. And this is in line with what the constitution says. And that gives States um, priority of about how they want to run things. And they don't think that they should be taking direction from the federal government when it comes to issues like this. There's a guy in the chat room. His name is uh, Ty J Armstrong. Oh yeah. He says, I love my daughter to death, but in all actuality, kids fucking suck. Just saying. Oh, perfect. (laughs) See, I love when people are honest like that because it's hard to get a, a true read from people. Right. When they have the child, because children, hypothetically, you know, you could be like, oh, I hate them. I kill them. They suck. They're annoying. But when you actually have someone call in and go, listen, I love my kid, but also like, fuck that. Right. That helps me. That helps me a lot. And I'm I'm running out of time. So, I mean, like, again, I probably got I think my best reproductive years are, are certainly behind me. And that is okay. And by a long shot. Yes. Yeah. Actually, you're not wrong. Like the best time, biologically speaking, to have kids is probably like 15. I was going to say, biologically, it really is. Yeah. Because you think about like these 15 year olds that get pregnant and have kids and destroy their lives, but their bodies bounce back very quickly. Um, They're a lot healthier, younger, viable. I mean, I see a difference even like, I mean, obviously having a baby and doing jujitsu are a little bit different, but just in terms of like, the recovery time oh, yeah. of like me versus someone who is 21. Like I was talking to this guy who is, um, he's a white belt like me and he was, you know, giving me the ins and outs of everything. And we're kind of like gal pals cause he's like clearly uh, a homosexual, which is great. And I love that. Um, and I love how the, my gym just embraces him. Like no one's like, Oh, I don't want to roll with the gay guy. Like everyone's cool with him. Yeah, like it might rub off onto me. Right. And yeah. he, especially cause like he's rolling with mostly straight men. So you'd think they'd feel uncomfortable, but they're, everyone is super cool about it. Um, but you know, he's like, yeah, I'm here like six, seven days a week. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like yeah, no. my body will break. Um, but I'm like, can I ask how old you are? He's like, I'm 22. And I'm like, yeah, I'm. I'm 35. Things are a little bit different. And I'm in, like, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm doing really well for 35. Yeah. But I'm still 35. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep that shit in mind, is what I'm saying. And just kind of uh, preserve yourself as long as possible. Because that's. And yeah, Bama Boy, 15, 16 is, is probably like prime, prime age biologically, socially, and realistically, and all that. It's not, of course. Yeah. We're talking, we're talking strictly biologically. Yeah, absolutely. 15 is is probably, I mean, again, depending on when you start menstruating, but I would say probably, uh, I mean, I, this isn't like a an endorsement for people to go rape a bunch of 14-year-olds. No, it's, it's, it's not right. I mean, you shouldn't do it because, like, there's many other reasons that outweigh the whole biological thing. We're talking about biologically. Yeah, and it is, and again, this whole oh, is going to get twisted, but it's like, it is strange how we... Um, drew the line of adulthood at 18 mm-hmm. when clearly you know i don't being sexually viable reproductively viable it usually occurs much younger 
So, you know, it's, right. it's kind of interesting because, you know, back in uh, in the days in which we evolved, people weren't living past 30 because of not not necessarily because you couldn't last that long. But if you got in a tooth infection, you died right. or you broke your arm, you died. Right. If you, you know, if you got, um, uh, you know, whatever, uh, some sort of virus, you died. You know, you didn't there were no antibiotics. There were no there was no medical care. So, you know, you were often taken out by, like, a hangnail because it would get infected, and yeah. then you were fucking dead. Yeah, we didn't have Silverdine. Which I used this morning. Yeah, so, I mean, anything could get infected, and most people were dying, you know, either of uh, maybe predators, disease, sure. injuries. So people were getting taken out. Rex. Right, yeah. if you, you know, believe in the Bible or whatever. Um, so people were getting taken out very young, so you kind of had to start breeding very young, obviously. And they did. Yeah. So it is kind of odd that there's this mismatch biologically and socially speaking when we talk about adulthood, because by all accounts, like it, biology wants you to start having babies as soon as you're able to. Yeah. And sometimes that's quite young. Yeah, five. Thirteen. Five in some <laughs> cases, by the way. Looked up like Guinness World. He's referring to, I was looking up the we youngest about, mother. We talked about the hot mic earlier. Oh, we did? Okay. Or you did. Yes, yes. I, I couldn't remember if it was during the hot mic, but for those that didn't hear... I looked up the youngest mother, like in Guinness World Book um, history, and it was this Peruvian woman named uh, Girl. Lena. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> uh, a child, <laughs> oh girl, little girl, Peruvian girl, and she was uh, five years and seven months old when she gave birth. She wasn't even six years old. Uh, apparently, oh, no, wait, whoa, whoa, she was five years seven months when she gave birth. Yeah, was so that... she was like four. Oh my! When she was God. like raped. Probably by a family member. Yeah, um, yeah, probably. And so, uh, you know, they're like, "How?" First of all, like that's horrible. But how the fuck did she get pregnant at four? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, there's crazy shit that happens. I think they call it precocious puberty. Mm-hmm. So maybe you get maybe something's fucked up with the pituitary. You start releasing the what is it gonadotropin yeah. hormone, whatever the things that induce puberty. HCG. Hmm. And so. She was like menstruating. I think some people were saying from the time that she was like eight months or like three oh years God. old or something like that. I mean, something was fucked up, but she got it was like the perfect storm of horrible events. And she ended up getting pregnant. And the, her family like took her to a doctor when she was seven months. They're like, we think she has a tumor. And they're like, uh, she's pregnant. And then she had to get a cesarean section because her pelvis was too small to like of give birth. Just a fucking nightmare. Um, so yeah, that would be cool if like they could have aborted that, but you know, what are you going to do? So that's all I have for you today. <laughs> leave, leave you on a high note. Um, abortion. We'll be back tonight at eight o'clock. Yeah, that's true. Uh, bubble 199. We're going to have a full house. Um, a lot of hotties, a lot of titties on display. I may dress up. I may not. We'll see how I'm feeling in a few hours. Cause you know, I'm like, I never dress up for bubble 199. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I put on maybe a little bit of eyeliner, but that's all you get out of me. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, how I'm feeling. I'm dressing up. Blitz is dressing up. Yep. So we'll see how we go. Um, but make sure you tune in. Twitch at the Bubba Army. 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., if not longer, uh, Eastern time, of course. And check, like, YouTube or Facebook at, like, around 7. It might go live for a few minutes. Ooh, okay. Like, out, out back or out front Ooh. cooking or something. Who knows? All right. Some behind the scenes BTS yeah. sort of stuff. You never know. All right. Well, 
Hopefully we'll see you tonight. If not, we will see you Monday morning for the big show. Have a great weekend. Be safe. And we will see you on the other side. Thank you, Blitz, for everything. Thank you. All right. Bye.